Coming up on this episode of the runningrestaurants.com podcast, I interview Kyle and Sarah of Sabre Real Estate Advisors and also the host of the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. Man, we cover a lot in this episode. It is a good one for sure. Check it out. All right. Welcome to the runningrestaurants.com podcast, where we bring you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to make your restaurant more profitable and successful. I'm your host, Jamie Oikel. And today I've got a great episode featuring Kyle and Sarah of Sabre Advisors and also the host of the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. So there's a ton of things we could talk about. I'm kind of interested to see where the conversation is going to go. But let's start with your background. French culinary is on there. Cornell University Hospitality is on there. Restaurant owner, obviously. Real estate stuff, podcasting stuff. Talk a little bit about the journey. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate uh, the time here. This is really cool. Um, man, the journey, this might be longer than, than the amount of time we have, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been in the hospitality space for a long time. Um, recently, you know, uh, have, have owned restaurants for the better part of the last decade or so, owned and operated my own restaurants, um, and have now begun working for Sabre um, about, I guess now about a year and a half ago, but I was at CBRE prior to that. I began working at Sabre as a commercial real estate advisor, focusing strictly on emerging restaurant concepts and helping them build out their, their pipeline. So uh, it was a little bit of a rough 2020, as you can imagine. Uh, not a lot of expansion going on for restaurants, but it uh, seems to be kind of turning the corner right now. All right, but go back, go, so go back for me, right? You grew up, did you know you're gonna be in restaurants? Did you, it was French culinary right out of school? Did you ju jump right in, what happened? No, I actually went to school uh, liberal arts college um, in Pennsylvania, Franklin Marshall College, and I mm. went and studied uh, finance and marketing. And I graduated college and went to work. Worked at a couple different places. I worked on advertising. I worked on Wall Street doing financial advisor stuff. And then it was right after 9-11 when those two planes hit the World Trade Center. I was like, okay, I don't want to be doing this anymore. Mm -hmm. I literally walked off my job, um, called my dad. He thought I was completely insane. And like a month later, three weeks later, I enrolled in the French Culinary Institute. Um, I'd always loved it. You know, I always had, I looked, thought about it. I like, you know, I really always loved the restaurant intro. I love the vibe. I like to cook and, uh, seemed like the next, next thing I wanted to do was something I actually wanted to do that I had a passion for. So that's how I wound up there. Yeah, man, we were, we were, we were in New York outside of New York uh, at that time. And that was a crazy time around there. The life-changing event for, for, for a lot of folks. And in your case brought you, brought you into, into hospitality, which, uh, def definitely different from the, from the finance world. Right. And, um, much, much probably like back then where the New York and, and, the, and the whole country shut down for a while, you know, that, that was a big impact. I, I remember it. And obviously COVID has been just, uh, there's no way to describe it for restaurants. Everybody knows the story. Like it was shit, shit storm for the last year, year plus at this point, I, every, we, we did a show about a month ago called the opportunity and optimism show feeling that we're coming out of that, right. With, with vaccinations and just trending in that way. And, and, I, and I hope that is the case. And obviously, I think just even before we jump, jump, hit the record button, you, you talked about kind of a backlog of what you're doing, like things are starting to move. And, you know, you say you're working with emerging brands. What, what, what's a typical situation for you? What are restaurants looking to do right now? You know, it's, it's been interesting to watch it kind of develop over time. But really what what's happening now is kind of what we thought was going to happen is people are going to realize that there's an opportunity. You know, we spent so much time. I spent so much time trying to talk to people during this time. And it was tough. Like I was living with, like I was working three nights a week at my restaurant. I was coming to work during the day, talking to restaurant operators across the country, telling them, look, you know, I'm doing exactly what you're doing, but I'm telling you, this is going to turn around. There's going to be some opportunity here. You know, the restaurant industry, let's face it, there's a lot of people in this industry who probably should not have been in the industry. And they, 
you know, I like to put a silver lining on that and say, mm-hmm. you know what, this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. You're going to be able to get out from under your leash. You're going to be able to do whatever you have to do to walk away and find, to do like what I was saying is find something that you actually really want to do. And that's going to present a lot of opportunities for operators who are in this business, you know, as a career choice, as a passion for what they do. So um, that has been the case, you know, at least here in New York, you know, a lot of restaurants have shuttered um, and it has presented an opportunity for an operator who could, you know, maybe previously could not have afforded a rent or because the space was occupied, it wasn't available. You know, they'd been able to take advantage of the situation and grow their brand or acquire new concepts. So, um, you know, now it's, you know, borderline a little, I don't want to say too late, but, you know, landlords are starting to realize that this is coming to an end. I don't need to, you know, knock 40% off my rent. I don't need to give tremendous TI dollars. Uh, I have a good piece of real estate. If you want it, this is the price. So, um, but people are, are now, uh, you know, back at it. I think they opened their pipelines and it's, um, it's really interesting to watch it play out. Yeah, we talked from day one. Uh, I always remember March, uh, well, right before uh, St. Patrick's Day last year was the day that, that, that to me is, it sits in my mind because the panic was, oh, if people do the regular St. Patrick's Day, it's going to be super spread and so forth. So I always think about that. And so, you know, we did calls the next, uh, for the next month after that. And everything was like, everyone's like, well, I'm not paying my lease. I don't get a guy on my lease. That's the most expensive thing for restaurants. I'm closing. I, and that happened. I just crazy, crazy stuff. So, and then, you know, um, uh, we did lease set, lease set, lease sessions talking about what folks can do and tips and so forth. And that's, was very interesting because yeah, usually the, 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 the space people are in the, in the, in the driver's seat, right. You know, they, they're, they're in control, but yeah, as people just vacated and, and even now the openings are there, right. That, that have never been there before. And to your point, opportunity, hundred percent, um, maybe you get better deals. So, so it's interesting time. Your other point, which is hundred percent on is that it, it got people out of the business that shouldn't have been there. Um, business is very hard. Profits are very hard. If you're doing well, you know, you 10% and, and, and there's certainly no cash cushion. So this was, it was a devastating thing. And it, so it's hopefully everybody that does, it comes back stronger. So we learn those lessons. I think that part of it's great. Um, maybe I'll transition right into some of your podcast stuff and we'll bounce back and forth with the real estate because it's, it's kind of, I'm, I'm just kind of interested in that you must've had just so many conversations in your interviews over the last stretch of people that are going through what you went through, what people you're talking to went through, what the heck, or what's the feeling now? What, what, your most recent stuff, what's the feeling most recently? You know, I, I tell you, like, it's funny. I started listening to my own shows over and over again, because for that exact reason, there was so much that we spoke about there. Um, each week, you know, operators on, you know, directors of real estate, chefs and, you know, creative people and, and people surround the industry. And, you know, the conversation was, you know, basically like, look, we believe in our brand. We know that if we kind of make these adjustments, we're going to be fine when we come out of this. And, you know, that's what you're seeing what's happening. I think the the concepts that I've been able to hold on, the operators that have been able to dig in and hold on, make the changes that they need to make to their business, you know, cut back the staff and, you know, focus on their delivery, you know, optimize their digital platforms and go all in on their social media, mm-hmm. stay top of mind, that kind of stuff. They're coming out of this thing like rock stars. And I think it's about to be, you know, the roaring twenties again for, for this whole, this whole group of people who, who rightfully, you know, deserve it. It's been a rough go. And if, and if you made it through that, I mean, what, what else is there? I said at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, in a weird way, there's, this is like the ideal group of people to have this happen to. And it sounds awful, but like, you know, when you own a restaurant or you're managing a restaurant, you're operating a restaurant, 
you're used to dealing with the unknown. You're used to dealing with a set of circumstances, you know, not a global pandemic, but like your bartender doesn't show up. Your lead line cook doesn't show up. There's a gas leak or something happens out in the street and you got to shut down, whatever it is. Those who dig in and made it happen, made it happen. And they're here and they're in a position to take advantage of whatever it is, more business, additional locations, expanding to those kitchen, food truck, whatever it is. And um, I, I like to see that. I think it's, um, it was sort of the underlying theme of all those shows. And uh, it seems to be coming true. Yeah. I, I, I was just jotting down a couple of things as you were talking. And I, I think where we were like, like again, a year and a half ago, it was very easy. Restaurants were doing very well. People were just spending, spending, spending. Obviously shut down, shut down, shut down. Completely the opposite. But right now with stimulus money, all the funds coming into the restaurant, even though there's been challenges, PPP this and round two, and, and now the new one is coming out. A lot of restaurants are actually getting a, a lot of dollars from those programs, which is great. And now the customers are also getting jobs and um, getting, getting, getting stimulus. So you almost feel like, oh, and people are ready to eat. Like everyone's ready to eat for sure and drink and have fun. So it's like, man, it could be, it could be some flush times coming in to these people, which hundred uh, percent they deserve. And hopefully that they're ready for, of course, maybe we'll touch on this at some point. I know staffing is the, the number one problem right now, but it's like, if things get so easy again with customers coming in just ready to spend do you talk to folks like, Hey man, don't, don't forget those lessons you just learned about when it's, when it's lean. Like, don't just, you know, just don't just don't screw service and, you know, like take advantage of the lessons you learned. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's funny. They said, I was just talking to somebody the other day and he said, um, he was one of the guys who was kind of like hesitant to go out, you know, even when things started opening up a little bit, he didn't want to eat outside, didn't want to eat inside, didn't want to do with anything. And he said, he went out the other day with his wife and he's like, you know, I feel like this place, you know, that, that we go to all the time, kind of local around here. He's like, I feel like they kind of lost something. You know, I feel like they're kind of, you know, operating in that mode where they're not used to having people in the restaurant anymore. So that's a great point. I think, you know, yeah, you can't, you can't, you know, you got to go back to the good things that work, right? Like the hospitality, the things that you were known for, um, you know, providing great specials, um, you know, going over the top, exceeding expectations, all those like operational customer service standpoints are, yeah. I think are very always going to be important. Um, it's just been, you know, go mode. It's just been go mode, deliver food, get it done, get it out and people will be grateful. And, but yeah, that, that's a fantastic point. Shipping, we're going to be shifting back now. And yeah, you, I think you gotta be, you gotta be you know grateful for, for the fact that they're coming back or that you were able to sustain the business at this point. And you gotta, you gotta make sure you treat them right. I think it's a tremendous opportunity actually to go over the top and, and exceed expectations. Yeah, because people are coming back. We 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 happen to be a family that was very tentative going out and and dip, dip, dipped our toes in slowly. And of course, we're we're in Florida, which didn't have many restrictions, but we've continued to to be uh, very on the conservative side of that um, aspect. And and so a lot of digital orders in the beginning, and more so now, and starting to go out and so forth. But the digital lessons have been extremely important for folks that, oh, we don't, we don't even need to do takeout. A lot of folks didn't do takeout before. Of course, find me a restaurant that doesn't do takeout now. Um, what, what have you heard people say about the digital part? Third, you know, third party this, I know that's not great, but, but learning, learning how to do a takeout order well. What do you think? You know, I think it's beyond critical. You know, I think the only thing that stood in the way of people wanting to do that was ego. And it's, you know, it's, you know, my salmon has to be plated like this. The oh, sauce yeah. can't go on the side. It's blah, 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 blah. Or the sauce can't go on the top. It's going to get, you know, it's going to crack or whatever. Look, Ed, we were in a point where it was survival mode. And yeah, of course, some things 
you know, nobody wants to have, you know, like fries are an issue being transported, calamari or crispy things or certain seafoods are not great delivered. I get it. But you're going to need to optimize to a certain extent. Maybe you just have a delivery menu. That's, you know, some of your favorite. Maybe you can't get the lobster roll or you can't get certain things that can't be delivered. But um, I think as important or almost as important as brick and mortar retail is going to be digital real estate. Like where you show up on people's, you know, little screen here is going to be very important and how you deliver on that experience. Like the days of the tin containers with the plastic lids and the black Sharpie mark, you know, yeah, yeah. Sandwich, those days are over. You got to deliver on some sort of experience now. And I think that's a major, major takeaway from this whole thing. Yeah. Some people do a really, they've learned how to do a really good job with takeout, whether it's the bins, um, the bags, the notes, like it's like, it's done really well now. And to your point, I, again, we've been order we've ordered out a lot now, much more than in the past. And how many choices do I have when I go to order out? Like a shitload, like, you know, we just finished the, the, the we'll play softball tonight and practice, whatever. So it's, I swear to, we'll order somewhere tonight and who's it going to be? All right. Well, there's five, 10 choices we usually make. And so who, who how are you going to be in my mind that it's going to be you tonight versus the next guy? Cause I'm, someone's getting my money tonight. I can guarantee you we're not cooking at home. And there's just millions of people li- like me running around. So yeah, getting that digital mindset, whether it's a text here, uh, an email there, social media post, whatever, like, man, you got You got to do that stuff well, and then have a, a good, a good ordering face. And I can't believe so, so many, especially the local ones by me, they do such a shitty job with their, with their digital ordering stuff still. And it's, it's just very disappointing because, you know, want to, you know, want to, want to give them more dollars and they make it so hard. Like, why are you making it hard to give me your money? So what, what you, know, you can talk about that, that aspect of it. You, I wanted to go, I want to go to your rest, recently owned restaurants. Mm-hmm. How did you, how do you think about making, making it easy as, cause you were an independent, not a big friend. How did you make it easy for people to do business with you? Look, I mean, I, we made it a priority. We actually shifted to native delivery in the beginning of the pandemic. Hmm. Um, primarily because of the fees, right? Yeah. But then I learned so much about what was going on to the point now where I'm on a committee now that we speak to the Federal Trade Commission on a regular basis about the practice of these third-party groups. Mm. I mean, not to dive into that whole thing, but the reality is you have to own the whole experience, I think. You know, you have to own the, the ordering process, the, the, the however you're going to package and deliver it, and you got to stay top of mind uh, with your marketing. You know, one of the things I think is fantastic or was fantastic during the pandemic were these things like, you know, chefs cooking their favorite meals, showing the recipe, letting people pick them up and do that kind of thing. I remember thinking... Mm-hmm. I hope this doesn't go away because mm-hmm. it's a fantastic way to, you know, be front of mind, be top of mind for the restaurant. I mean, like, like, you know, if you are on those platforms, which I hope you're not, but whatever platform you may be on, you know, you have to be top of mind and you have to be, your marketing has got to be on point. All the big guys are on those same platforms, right? So if you're a burger place, you got McDonald's, you got all those McWendy's, Burger King, all that crap is there. You're going to be somewhere where on that line, right? Like where are you, they're going to spend the money. You got to market. You don't want to be the, no one's scrolling down to the 20th burger place in the, in your market, right? Like, so you need to be top of the mind and say, okay, I'm not eating at these fast food places. What's the one? Okay. Harry's hub. Yeah. He's got great burgers. Boom. Let's order from him. No, I remember him because the chef showed us how they make the caramelized onions for that burger that everybody loves on a video freaking a year ago. That kind of stuff is so important and so easy to do. There's never been more resources more information for people to say, yeah. oh, you know, hey, how do I make, how do I do this? 
this phone here, you can make the content, you can post the content and you can take all your orders on it. So it's like, I just think it's, it's laziness. If you're not, if you're not implementing that stuff, because it's so good. It's like, here's a video studio for you. <laughs> like yeah. like yeah. literally here's a, here's a whole video studio. Yeah. I get, I get, I get it that you couldn't do it 20 years ago or that it was fancy or expensive, but, but yeah, that ability to look real in your kitchen is super, um, super easy. And yeah, I'm, some people are great at it. They just have the personality. They can say the right words. Some people are awkward or feel like you're awkward. They don't have anything to say. Yeah. Um, you certainly have stuff to say, like you're, you have a, you have a restaurant. People want to want to know what you're doing and so forth. But uh, I, I want to ask you the question. Um, when you first became a restaurant owner, whenever, how, however many years ago that was, what the heck was that like? Man, <laughs> it was um, a learning experience for sure. I'll say that. We had no budget. We had no money. Right. Uh, we had a great concept and we had a great product and we fought our way through it. Um, you know, basically my whole, my whole business and my content and all that stuff is based on that experience was I did this all the wrong way. I knew how to cook. I had run restaurants from an F and B perspective for other people. Um, but the ownership piece is different. Mm. There's the partnerships, there's your interpersonal relationships, there's the business side of it. Uh, all that stuff that comes in this package that you're not ready to open uh, or, you, or, you, or you open and everything pops out and you're kind of dealing with it one-on-one. -on -one. It's, um, it's not easy. I mean, we, we were very fortunate to be busy right from the jump um, where that kind of like covered a lot of our shortcomings. Um, but you, that only works for, you know, a short period of time, you know. That's right. But then we were kind of forced to figure out each other's roles and we expanded to another location. Um, but it was, it was a learning process and it's something I, my real goal is to, if in any way possible, prevent anybody from experiencing a lot of the stuff that I had to go through. Yeah. Here, here's what I did. Here's what I did wrong. Here's what you can learn from it. Don't do the same, don't, don't do, do the do same that. shit. Uh, I mean, so you sold, you said you sold during this process, during the, during the uh, I don't mean process, yeah, but during, during a pandemic. Yeah. One in 2017 and I sold the other one. Yeah. In the middle of the pandemic. I mean, we had, you know, my, my goal with that concept was to get it up and running and to, to really help uh, a buddy of mine from culinary school, help him brand it, you know, tighten up his ordering, do all that kind of stuff. And I couldn't be there hands on. It wasn't fair for me to, to be a partner there. I, I couldn't afford to be there, but I mean, I couldn't afford the time to be there. And it was just, you know, something where it's a passion to do it, but yeah. you know, you gotta, it's, too, it's not, it's not a part-time job. You can't do it part-time. So, um, but yeah, it was, it, it's, I learned a lot by being in it and I created a lot of content and documented a lot of that time in there. And it was, hopefully we never see anything like that again, but it was, um, it was certainly something that I put it in a weird way. I'm grateful that I went through. Uh, I wonder if this will be, we'll just, we'll do it for a second anyway. Um, where do I, I think I have it somewhere. If we go out, you talk about document documenting your stuff, and, and you, I assume you you kind of do that through your journey of of your of your podcast here. Does that come up for you? Yep. Does that look right. So, uh, sixty two episodes in, um, looks like kind of once a week or even more even more often. What what are you doing here? How, what, how do you, you know, how do you find these people you talk to? Are they friends, connections? What are some of the derivations of these conversations? What what, what do you enjoy <laughs> about this? Man, I'll tell you, I, you know, I started this um, a couple of years ago and I didn't really do too much with it. So it's really been during the pandemic that I've gone in on it, but I'm somebody who works 
very well with a system. So give me the steps of what I have to, to do and I can follow that and I can create the time for it. But I didn't do that for this. And I thought I could just kind of like slap these things up and, you know, get guests going. But I laid it out the other day and it was like 26 steps each episode. Like, mm -hmm. and, and it's been, um, you know, reach outs, multiple reach outs, follow ups. Um, and then, you know, there's the recording of the show. You know, there's, I mean, you know, there's the recording of the show, then there's the production and the post-production and the marketing and the follow-up. And, you know, it's, it's not easy, but, you know, my goal here is I, I really now shifted from a restaurant owner to being basically like a digital marketer for my real estate business. So yeah. I think that people want to get this information on the go. Uh, I think, you know, for me, it's about being top of mind and it's about, you know, position myself with people like Lyle Richards and that tremendous background from the STA, STK group. Now he's doing his own thing. Patina Stern with Chaya Tacos. You know, the, the, these these people have been through it. You know, they're all uh, owner operators. You know, Matt Gelke from the Plant Cafe. He's one of the original people to bring plant-based foods uh, sort of mainstream out in, in San Francisco. You know, Otto Offman to Pincho bootstrapped his way up with like 60 grand to start his whole, mm -hmm. like a, a burger empire down there in Miami. And Stratus Morfogan is, is, you know, putting automats with dumplings in them all across the Northeast right now, all across the country. Um, so it's, it's, it's really uh, a blessing that I get to talk to all these people because to get this type of perspective and talk to these type of operators, um, you know, during this time was, was probably a rare time because they're usually so busy. Right. That's right. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been a great show and the people have just been like, you know, thank you so much for, for giving this interview. Cause like I said, my goal is to provide as much value as possible in terms of what I've been through. And then, you know, turns out a lot of these people <laughs> learn the things the same way. So um, it, it's cool to have, I think this, this library of um, people who, who can share their experience and have been successful. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. A couple questions. Yeah, I look from the outside looking in, uh, doing you know, with similar with the recording stuff, and um, I, I notice in this in this instance, right, a lot of your conversations are very similar, long format stuff, forty five minutes, forty seven, fifty three, thirty eight. Um, talk about that decision to get to get deep and dive in with folks versus you know the five minute short takes. How do you think about it? Um, it's interesting because I I you know, have thought about doing that just sort of like as little rants like little kind of on my own. Um, but, you know, I am not a fan with all the respect to everybody out there. To, and we were talking about this before we came on it, these structured interview questions, you know, I want to know the person, you know, I want to know what's behind there. Yeah. We can start out and we can talk about, you know, very structured questions start to show, but I want to get more into that back and forth. You know, I want, I want you to hear what I think about something. I want you to respond to it. I want you to ask me questions. I don't want it to be such a me asking you questions and you responding. So um, tends to go on longer. Turns out people like to talk yeah. about talk about themselves. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you probably have to say. And now we're wrapping up. Uh, thank you for <laughs> thank you for coming. Yeah, now we're my sponsor. So yeah, it was. It's um, yeah, I'm I'm grateful. You know, it's yeah, as you know, it's not easy to to do to do a podcast, and not everybody really yeah. think you want to talk to somebody, and then sometimes they're not so comfortable, especially when you add the the camera element. So yeah, it's yeah, I'll I'll, I'll jump out, and um, uh, it's interesting to, just just to see that. But you know, but it's funny you talk about the 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 steps involved. I guess we'll just we'll talk podcast up for a second, and yeah, you don't think about it, but yeah, it's, there's literally the 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 recording and then the piece and then the little logos and things, and you can get as fancy as you want. We I don't I don't go that fancy. We put it, we slap a logo, 
some don't even touch the audio and, and put the sucker out. And some people are really good with it. And, and we need to be, we need to be a little bit more fancier with what we do, but, but really it's just, yeah, I, I, I used to script stuff out a lot more uh, in terms of what I wanted to ask. Uh, but lately I just like to just talk, um, uh, you know, just, just go back and forth, know a couple things about the company and really just talk about um, the story and, and so forth, what they're doing and why it's important. And then just ping pong back and forth off of that. I think that that works out better. And it sounds like that's your style. Yeah. I don't really do, I don't do, too much prep and i have actually been thinking about like uh, maybe i'll do no prep other than mm. what i do because it's so much more interesting it's not like i'm interviewing it's not the joe rogan show right like, it's not like kevin hart's gonna be on there everybody knows who he is i think it's interesting instead of me saying so tell me about your show is or tell me about your your restaurant is really just kind of like all right who are you what do you do you know I, I know why i reach out to you but other than that i don't know so much about you and it's interesting to get into like your childhood where you're from what do you do on your day off and that kind of stuff i mean it's um yeah it's it's i think it's more relatable and like i listen to podcasts if i'm going for a walk or if i'm in the shower or if i'm down you know working and just kind of like doing mindless kind of tasks i, I want it to be entertaining i want it to be something i could listen to it could be something other than that a shot like i feel like i have to write everything down while i'm listening to it you know yeah and, and let me let me get back to question six here uh, momentarily uh what what do you um, like that that would be that would be awkward right if i if i did that right now so but um well, it's very disingenuous yeah. Let, let's, let's, uh, as we we're, we'll sort of, we'll sort of head toward, toward towards the wrap, but tell me about the business. Um, uh, again, it's real estate finding, finding locations. I mean, is that, is that a big part of it? Is it, is it the negotiation stuff? Like what is the biggest part that you help help folks with? Yeah. In a lot of ways it's um, exactly that. It's the traditional, you know, at the core of it is we're going to find a space for you. Um, and we're going to negotiate a lease and we're going to, you know, get you in there at the best price possible. You know, but what we do, that's a little bit different. And, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to be part of a team that um, is more forward thinking when it comes to commercial real estate. And we actually will take, you know, not to get too much into how we how we make the sausage here, but like it's you have your flagship store. We have the ability using mobile data, cell phone data to mm. track guests who've come. How many guests, um, not how many, but guests coming in and out of your shop, right, where they live where their phone sits eight hours at night and presumably where they are eight hours during the day is where they work. That was a traditional setup. But essentially you're going to see a bunch of dots going in and out of this location. And that helped creates a data set of your demographics and your psychographics of the type of people who come to your store. That's not perfect, but it's fairly accurate. You know, we've done several of these, you know, um, hundreds of these uh, throughout the pandemic and they're not, no one's ever said like, no, that's not my customer. It's always, yes, that's my exact customer. Mm. And, you know, that psychographics go beyond, you know, male, 25 years old, college, you know, four-year college degree makes $100,000 a year. It'll say shops at these kind of stores, you know, has this type of car. Um, you know, it gives a real, you know, goods into to who they actually are. So then we take that information and we can lay it over the market that you're considering and find those pockets of people and better identify areas of opportunity technology wins again i mean that's yeah that's kind of amazing stuff that you're that you're talking about um and pretty bad job explaining it but that's it's yeah. really wild stuff yeah and so i what what are some of the questions a restaurant person asks you like because they all say hey i want to be there because it looks good i think a lot of people drive by it and you can be like whoa like what give me like two three questions you go through to kind of put them I mean, point them in the right direction yeah i mean the number one thing is how much are you looking to spend you know, what do you pay for rent now? Because a lot of people will think, well, I'm in, I'm in this space, but if I go to that space, 
over there, I can do so much more. All right, well, let's, I mean, maybe, um, I don't right. know if it's well enough. I think it's, you know, one of those things is helping them manage an expectation. Let's do, let's work with what you do now in finding a space. You know, maybe we're talking 5% more than what you pay. Maybe it's a market driven rent. Maybe it's a better co-tenancy, whatever the case is. But let's, you know, let's have an understanding of why you want that space from a, from a rent perspective based on what you think you can do. Um, you know, a lot of folks are concerned with accessibility. You know, that's a big one. Like, can we get there? You know, so is it better to be on this side of the street or the other? You know, if you're a coffee shop, is that the way towards downtown or is mm -hmm. the way coming back? You know, you want to be, people want to stop there on their way to work, not so much on their way coming home. So there are a lot of factors to consider and every concept's different, but, you know, co-tenancy is a big one. Who else is going to be in the shopping center? Sure. You know, who are my neighbors? Um, can I compliment their business? Do they compliment mine? And I think it's um, ultimately, you know, I think that's, you know, frankly, where my, my background comes in handy is, you know, operationally, you know, like, Hey, where's the grease trap? You know, where, how do we take garbage out of the shopping center? It looks kind of convoluted. Where we got to take it out the front door. We don't have any interest in that. We'd like to, you know, where do deliveries come in? You know, how much AC do you have on the roof? What's the, the when's the last time the hood was repaired? You know, things like that. And so I really, mm -hmm. truly enjoy finding out about each business and what they're all, you know, at the core, what they're all about, and then helping them find like that real, that, that great space and then maybe even level up their, their store or, or step into something right now that, that maybe was abandoned, that's in great shape. Um, but I like that every, everybody's different. You know, we got 18 deals going on right now. None of them are the same. Yeah. I actually like that. I know it might drive some people crazy, but I actually like that. <laughs> well, it's funny. You just, well, you mentioned something there at the end about abandoned. And I was going to ask you, are you finding that uh, people prefer to go into a location that used to be a restaurant because maybe some of the equipment's there also you talked about versus brand new and you got to spend a whole bunch of extra money just to make it look like a restaurant. Yeah. So second gen restaurants in the country actually took like an informal little poll uh, among some friends that I did on Instagram. Um, of what was happening with second gen restaurants across mm -hmm. the country. So hit every major market, um, New York, Miami, um, I think we had the Tampa area, Dallas, you know, all the way in the Midwest out to California. And it was second generation restaurants are in very high demand for that exact reason. You know, if I can go in there and, and the hood is there and really I just got to throw some artwork up, put my TVs up, my POS paint, you know, my little decor stuff, but I have the infrastructure of the kitchen I got a parking lot. I got drive through, whatever it is. Mm. Yeah, I'll take it. Bottom line is even here in New York, those spaces are at a premium. They're at a uh, extreme premium. The suburbs here where I'm at in Westchester County and Fairfield County, Connecticut, they're virtually non-existent. So, um, you know, they are, yeah, they're, 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 they existed, you know, and I think the people who jumped on them real quick got them. Right. Um, I just, I just had a phone call with a broker down in Miami yesterday. And I think she sent me five sites. So it's, it's pretty thin. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. We live in a, I live outside Orlando and our, our little city, like everything else in, in Florida, it's growing, growing, growing. And there's like, they're making pads here. People slowly come in. They're making a new pad there. People slowly come in and, and it's, it's, it's curious, right? We have a couple pads that are op op opening up and you're like, what's going to come in? Like as, as, as a, as a person, as a, as a, I'm like, please put something that I like, like right there, like right down the hill. I'm like, there's opportunities still where we live to, for new folks to come in and, 
and it's happening and it just seems like it's uh, never, never going to stop. We kind of moved here to, we thought it'd be a little bit quieter, but lo and behold, the, uh, the growth has followed us. We were in Miami for about 15 years and that, that place got filled up pretty good. Yeah. It's like New York six borough now. Yeah. 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 You, you guys, you guys are definitely, definitely uh, not, not in the, not in the secret area in Westchester. That's for sure. People know, people know about you. Hey, as, as we finish, what's in the background, football helmets, football, uh, you a fan or what do we got? Is, um, that's my football helmet from college. Um, this is support restaurants hat. This is my um, part of like a commercial real estate company that uh, our, our brokerage and we have like oh, yeah. all the digital army, like, commercial real estate so create and create content um and then just a bunch you know picture of my daughter and my wife um just a bunch of stuff this is a classic little tequila bottle that we attempted to cut in half for somebody yeah uh, and a bunch of my favorite cookbooks 11 madison park uh joe beef eric repair um and the art of the restaurant tour yeah so you but you played ball yourself in college is that what you yeah play, play ball play football, yeah football and baseball in college so what uh positions what we got i was a defensive i was a defensive back in college yeah. um i was a quarterback in high school and i was a pitcher and a, and a right fielder in baseball all right the i guess the important question would be if you're in new york uh, i probably you know, probably know the answers but it's going to be jets giants and yankees mets what do you got I am Yankees, Giants. Yankees, Giants. Okay. All right. All right. I was going to, I was going to, my, my, my bet was Jets, but what are you going to do? I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. My, I grew up next door to the dentist for the Jets. So he would <laughs> take us, you know, as a kid to Hofstra at the time. And yeah. I was a Jets fan for a long time. But I was like, you know what? I dedicated too much of my life to spending four hours watching this team on a Sunday. <laughs> and then a buddy of mine coached That's for the funny. Giants. And I yeah. was like, I'm just gonna. I'll support him, and it became a much more fun game to watch. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, life uh, sucks to be a Jets fan, and I can say that as a Patriots fan. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I grew up. I grew up in Boston, and, and so forth. But uh, yeah, the Jets used to. There was a couple of years where they got us when I was growing up, but for the most part, they didn't. And then, of course, the Giants have two historic wins against <laughs> Tom and his crew with the crazy catch and yeah. all that stuff. I saw Tom I the other day said, "I'll trade. I would trade that goddamn Eli Manning." Loss for uh, I don't know, whatever he said. He said, I'd rather have that undefeated season, perfect season, than than I give away given give away one of my big trophies, something like something something to that effect. But uh, one giant loss that was my favorite t shirt. One giant <laughs> loss, yeah, they're that exactly right. So, yeah, well, complain this too. There's no one wants to listen to that. What do you think about him being in Tampa now, though? Oh man, it's funny, it's super funny. We're, we're we've been here for a little while, and I'm I mean, I'm just kind of a, a follow the Patriots and just, just a Tom Brady fan. Cause it's just fits my generation on how he played yeah. and, and just to see the dude transition to another location. Oh, Bill, Bill's not there. It's not going to work. Okay. All right. Let's see what happens. He goes there a little bit of early success and then a little bit of, a little bit of best, definitely question marks. Right. Yeah. Uh, obviously finished the season strong. So, I mean, it's not, wasn't Bill. And then conversely, what happened in new England? Yeah. Oh, what happened in New England? They didn't. They didn't make the playoffs for the first time in forever. So, so was it Tom? Was it Bill? We, you know, we don't have definitive answers, but definitely Tom seems to control his own destiny, yeah. a little bit. And he's obviously his his teammates are just uh, super uh, complimentary of his leadership. And so I think it tells a story. Something that 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 level that works that hard continuously. It's not. It doesn't happen by accident. Success doesn't happen by accident. He would be a case story for that. I, I actually, you know, I have an appreciation for what he's accomplished, obviously. And I, I was very, I thought it was great to see 
like the the drunk Tom Brady on the boat thing. It was like a human side, like relatable. Yeah. You know, like he's. I thought it was great. He could never have done that in New England, so I thought that was great. No, yeah, well, yeah, that wouldn't have worked on the duck boat, the duck boat tour. But yeah, the Tampa, yeah, people need to know that Tom is a real person, not some sort of sort of robot. But uh, no, that's good. I, I hope the draft works out for your New York teams. Probably won't. So another year of suffering. <laughs> Coming, hey, you know what? Coming your way. I know, I know by now to temper my expectations. So. Yeah, exactly, so, exactly. Uh, all right, def- definitely good stuff. Uh, I have I I have a web link for you that I'm gonna share. But what, where else should they go? Do you tell them where to go and then make sure we get them in the right spot? Uh, at Kyle and Sarah, K Y L E I N S E R R A on Instagram um, is really the best way to catch me on LinkedIn. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, all right. Perfect. Uh, folks, Kyle and Sarah of Sabre Advisors, also of the uh, host of the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. Uh, you can find them the website I, for the website. It's, it's weird. It's sabre.life, sabre.life. Yep. So uh, Google app would find him on LinkedIn and so forth. Podcast platform, super easy to find. Definitely go check out the episodes, dig in there. Good stuff there. For more great restaurant marketing operations, service people, and tech tips, uh, stay tuned to us here at runningrestaurants.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you.